possible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. Right now, we talk a little NFL, college football. It is Thanksgiving Day coming up here. Thanksgiving weekend, as we know, we have a plethora of big-time games, college side, the NFL side, and uh, hearing that music means only one thing. We just got done painting the helmets. That's right. Painting the helmets overnight. There he is, and he's coming out of the tunnel. Is that a green jersey? Is he going to sport the green jersey? Oh, no. They're not because I think they're on the road. It's Notre Dame and USC. Could hardly wait for that. And let's talk to the quarterback of the show. Apologies to all of our other quarterbacks. The one and only Steve Berline. <laughs> that's, hey, hey, that's exactly right. Apologies to those guys, but I am the quarterback. That's it, man. Hey, oh, darn, man. I got so tied up last night and, and Friday. I, and I meant to do it again. I meant to send you a picture, man. I meant to send you a picture, and I said, I, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then before he comes on today, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and I didn't do it. Man. Not, not a picture of you, I hope. No, it wasn't a picture of me. But you, I think you know what it, you know. Look at chicken. Look at chicken. Was it you? Was it you eating a bucket of chicken? No, it's just just the delicious, just the chicken, just the delicious yeah. picture of the chicken, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm scrolling through it again here now. And uh, Numbchuck, did you did you delete my picture of chicken? Yes, I did. I only got like about <laughs> sorry, I only got about twenty six of them in here. You know, so here's well, the, go ahead, Steve. Well, but I'm 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 trying to shed a few pounds right now, so this is not the kind of support I need from my friends. Leaving <laughs> me with with my absolute favorite bucket of chicken on the planet that that's not going to help me. See, here's the deal: I did not get the memo that you are uh, you know on this weight loss uh, kick. I you know I was not aware of that you have to let people know these things. You know, if you don't want to well, be tempted. Me. You've seen me recently, and you know that I need to head that way a little bit. So <laughs> I'm hoping to get that scale to start heading south a little bit for sure. Really, really. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you go to the, all of these, uh, you know, fancy dancy uh, alumni uh, functions, I know that you're you know, you're not eating, uh, you know, these little uh, White Castle hamburgers. I mean, you're you're eating you're eating large, my friend. Come on now. Well, well, you know, however I got here, I'm here. The bottom line is that I've got to. I've got to change it up a little bit. You know, I've got uh, two fake hips, and I got a knee that's going to be replaced in a couple months. It makes it hard to be active, and that's that's really the key for me is just you know trying to stay active as I get a little bit older. So um, I've just got to get it get it to where uh, I can manage it a little bit better, and we'll get there. Shoot, I, I can handle this. All right, uh, go ahead. Uh, check your phone real quick right now. Go ahead. Go ahead and check. Check it. my phone. I'm not, you know, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> yes, you do. Trust me, you do, you do, you do. Cause... Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, it hasn't come through yet. Really? Uh, yeah, it, must no. be, it must be on your end. You must be at a soccer match or something again where you got bad uh, cell service, you know? It was a, it was a text? 
Uh, yeah, it's oh, oh, here, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, there it is. Breaking yeah. news. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. So, boy, that looks that looks every bit as good as I remember it, my man. Now, here is the topper of the story. So, I was I was at Blue Ribbon on Friday night, and uh, and our a man Johnny and Chachi say hello. By the way, they say hello. Excellent. And uh, so, I was back at the Cosmopolitan watching the Niners game last night, and. I was up there, and over at halftime, I said, man, I could kind of really go for chicken again, but I was just there Friday night. And so you know what I did? I said, I'm going to pull a burr line here. I went up there and talked to Chachi. I said, Chachi, can I get a bucket of chicken to go? To go. I did it. I did it. It was (laughs) the very first time they gave me, and I should have taken a picture of this, they they gave me the chicken in, in probably the thing that you had right. It was one of those like Chinese uh, things where that you know, I can yeah, I can never yeah, yeah. fold it right or whatever. And the chicken and I and and I took that to an undisclosed location and go ahead and 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 finished watching the game with three pieces of chicken. And I never really don't do this because I'm not a leftover guy. I I, and I took the re- the other three pieces home to have it maybe tonight or tomorrow. I pulled a burr line. I got it to go. First time ever. You know, you're you're learning. You're learning, and, and I'll tell you, those boxes for for uh, an IQ level uh, of, of of yours, I could see how that could be a challenge. But um, there, you know, most of us don't have much of a problem with that. Um, <laughs> I can I can say that I at least I never did. Maybe it's an Notre Dame in me. I don't know. But that chicken, believe me, the day after will be just as good. As, well, not quite just as good, but almost as good as the day of. So let me ask so. you this now. Now this is a, a you know because I am I, I admit you know I'm 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 a snob and I'm too bougie with this you know I'm not a big leftover guy. But the one thing that I will eat leftover is chicken. I haven't done it in a long time. So let me ask you: Do you reheat the chicken or do you eat it cold? The fried chicken. You know, I think I think in this particular case, I think in this particular case, considering I need the expertise. The, here we go. The good. quality of the chicken that we're talking about, I think it has to be heated up. Uh-huh. I'm not opposed to the the cold chicken. Uh, I, I like cold chicken too, but this, in order to get the flavor right, really appreciate it from every perspective. I think I think you got to heat it back up. Okay, I'm gonna do that. My, microwave it on, you know, thirty, forty seconds. That's about it. And I uh, say microwave. Just, just dive right in. So there we go. Now, if we're really bougie, do we just stay away from the microwave? And, you throw and, it in the oven for we go oven? fifteen minutes and let and let it get warm. Yeah, that might uh, uh, it'll stay crispy. It'll yeah, yeah. Oven, uh, yeah. oven. I hear you. I mean, if you got the time, if you got the time, I think you go with the oven option. Yeah, for sure. If we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna dive into it and we want that deliciousness, then we got to take full. So it takes an extra 10, 15 minutes, right? You gotta do it. I think so. Speaking of time, I think we're probably done. It's been nice talking to you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you in so a hurry? I didn't realize that. I didn't realize the topic of the day was chicken today. Well, I mean, are you surprised though, really? Is it ever not a topic? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, we always work it in, but yeah. we don't give it a full block of the segment. So I, I just wasn't, Listen, wasn't quite prepared we're for only, We're only four and a half minutes into the segment, okay? So I, I'm sorry, man. Okay, we'll, we'll go wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? You want to go? Uh, y'all follow you. You can be the host. You want, you want NFL? You want college? What do you want? You want basketball? Well, what do you want? Well, well let, let's just talk, you know, initially let's talk about what everybody, every football mind in America is thinking about right now. It's how Notre Dame is going to knock USC out of the, the playoff picture this weekend. Ooh, okay, let's talk yeah. about this. Uh, let's talk about this. And let's uh, let's go back to what we saw 
with USC, that 48-45 pinball machine game against UCLA, uh, that was that was phenomenal. I don't know. As a football player, it, do you do you think that's great football, or is that just not really quality football? I mean, offensively, we had 1,162 yards. We had, I believe the number was, and I had it yesterday, I can't remember it was, I think they combined for something like 57 first downs. Is that good football? Yeah. Well, you know, so for for the offense to gain 1,162 yards, that means the defense had to give up 1,162 yards, right? So that means that there was not a lot of defense on that field. Uh, but but it was a blast to watch. I mean, I, I had a I was at at dinner um, and not able to really hear the commentary of what was going on. But just every time I looked up at the at the, at the TV, there was a, another score going the other way, and you know, there's a lot of talent on both of those teams, and both those quarterbacks really impressed me about just the way that they they just kept answering the bell and kept just taking swings and delivering knockout punches, but then the other guy would get right back up and bring his team down, and, you know, just a spe- spectacular game to watch. Uh, you know, but, of course, uh, not a whole lot of defense on the field, and I think that's, that's why I think Notre Dame has a chance. Uh, I think that Notre Dame – is not a juggernaut offensively, um, but I think SC is going to have a hard time stopping them. Notre Dame's going to come out and just try to keep the ball away from them. They're going to try to run the football right at them and keep it out of Caleb Williams' hands and not let him light up that scoreboard. And the question is going to be whether USC can man up up front and, and stop the run because we know Notre Dame is not going to throw the ball. I mean, heck, when Notre Dame beat Clemson a few weeks ago, Notre Dame ran for 275 yards and threw for 85. And so that's the kind of game it's going to be. And if, uh, if SC turns the ball over and gives Notre Dame the short field like Clemson did, Notre Dame can win this game. But I think if you're, if you're betting the game, I think you got to go with USC uh, just because you know that there's gonna, they're going to be hard to stop offensively. And, and Notre Dame is not an explosive offense. So um, I'm sticking with my arts. I'm pulling for them. I'm picking them. Uh, but but it's going to have to be a, uh, a superhuman effort for Notre Dame, I think, to come away with this win on the road uh, in a game of this magnitude for USC. USC is only a five-point favorite uh, in this game. And, you know, <clears throat> if we're trying to make a case for betting the Irish here, which I think we could, the Irish put up 44 in the snow against Boston College last week. And I know BC is down this year. But a little bit, yeah, just they, slightly. They, yeah, they, just, just, they just a little bit. They are, but you know, <laughs> no, but Notre Dame has been, you know, they've thirty-five against Clemson was so impressive. Uh, the Navy, yeah. Navy game it was maybe closer than it. The game, the final score really it says it was close, but it really wasn't. Navy got the late touchdown there. Thirty-five against Navy, forty-one against Syracuse, forty-four against that juggernaut UNLV. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know, Steve. I, I kind of I, I could I could back the the Irish possibly here, but let me ask you this: Are we factoring in that there could be a potential letdown for the Trojans here after beating their arch rival on the road down down the street there at the Rose Bowl, and then now you know maybe coming back and maybe getting caught a little off guard? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, we're, we're talking about uh, Lincoln Riley. And, and you're talking about a coach who's been in a lot of big games and knows how to get his team ready um, and, and always seems to show up when the, when the lights are brightest. And, um, 
I, I just don't see that happen. This is what they've been talking about all year, getting back to relevance and finding a way into the, the, the playoff. And to be one game, basically one game away from being able to, to lock it up, I think. If they, if they beat Notre Dame uh, this weekend, um, you know, I'd have a hard time, uh, you know, picking uh, or finding a scenario that they don't get into the, the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I just think it's too big of a game, and Lincoln Riley will have them ready to go. Now, uh, speaking of the Irish, we have some uh, breaking news here, Steve. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but uh, the, the Irish have signed a four-star quarterback today. Kenny Minchie has committed to Notre Dame and uh, he is known as a tremendous late pickup here for uh, for Marcus Freeman here. You know, yeah, I saw that myself. Um, everything I've heard is really, really impressive, really solid and strong about this kid. He was committed to Pitt, I guess, and then decommitted, and, and uh, Notre Dame brought him in for the BC game, and, and he committed. He's not signed yet, and okay. we know he's already changed his mind yeah. from Pitt to Notre Dame, and. Hopefully uh, uh, this will not be another another case of, of losing one of these guys. But uh, that that news has been circulating through all of my Notre Dame connections all day today. People are pretty fired up, and that's the one glaring area that Notre Dame has been. Uh, you know, I mean, almost incomparably and incompetently weak for the last fifteen years. They they've not produced any. Uh, quarterbacks that have really done anything, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the NFL, um, or, or obviously haven't uh, won any national championships and, and done real well in the big games. So uh, that's what we've been missing, and hopefully he's going to be a guy that can can uh, change that storyline and, and, and bring us back to uh, what we all uh, want and, and hope for for Notre Dame. So uh, Numchuk actually wants to ask a question, but I'm not going to let him, you know, ask it on the mic here. Yes, you but, are. Yeah, okay, go ahead. This is this is a numchuck question, Steve. Go ahead. It's all so, you good. So you've seen like the, the field in Buffalo, right? With all with all the snow. Okay, we're going to preface this first. Yeah. So I was ri- I was yeah. ri- I was ripping the NFL's decision to move this game to Detroit because back in the day you wouldn't never do this, right? You play the game in the snow. You got snow blowers. You got the machinery. You know, you don't go, oh, let's travel a thousand miles and go play indoors, right? Okay. That that was that's 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 ridiculous. You play the okay. game and it wasn't even that bad Sunday. Okay. And because remember they just say, Oh, Thursday, we gotta go. So Numchuck wants to know what's the most amount of snow you've ever played in? The most amount of snow that I've ever played in. That's a, I mean, how would I know that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I mean like I, I play I played in a, a blizzard uh, the second half of a game in Pittsburgh against the Steelers when I was with the Panthers at one point. Um, and, you know, that was – and I and I also played in a really heavy snow game against Peyton Manning and the Colts uh, in Denver when I was finishing up my career in Denver. Um, trying to think of any other ones. But I don't know how you measure it. I, I just know that it, you know, yeah, the field was, was completely – was it was it a mess see. and the wind and, and all that and all that stuff and again so and yeah, again but, uh, Notre Dame did play that game I mean that was a torrential snowstorm in the second half of that game against BC on Saturday so I think that's why we're talking yeah about it was it. yeah it, it was but but and, and I, I would take playing in the snow over playing in the cold rain yeah any day of the week mm-hmm. I mean snow is not that hard to play in really it's cold obviously and, and if it's windy 
that makes a big difference. Um, just ask Zach Zach Wilson; he'll tell you how how, how about how how difficult it is to throw in the wind. I mean, what a lame excuse that was to, to justify his his performance. Uh, but well, you know those you BYU know, guys, man; they always got something to to cry about, man. You know, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's put himself on some thin ice for sure. We can get into that whenever. But yeah. uh, the point of it all is that. Yeah, I played in some cold weather games, and um, you know, snow. I, I was very surprised that Buffalo moved that game. I've I've never heard of of uh, that that I can think of. I know there there were games moved because of hurricanes and things like right, that, right? Uh, in the past, but for just snow in Buffalo, I mean, you'd think they'd want to play that game in Buffalo and fight for it uh, instead of just making that decision uh, that early. But um, you know, they had their reasons for it. I know. I was actually we, were, we I was at a charity event Thursday night last week, um, and we were I had secured Jim Kelly to come in from Buffalo to speak at this event up in uh, in uh, New York, right outside of New York City in in Rye, and uh, uh, Jim Kelly actually had to back out the day of because he wasn't sure he could get back to Buffalo, and uh, you know he was they were all talking about it, and then you see the next day that the game is canceled and all that stuff, so. Um, you know, they obviously had some major health concerns and liability concerns that they were worried about. That's had to, had to have been the motivator for it. Mm-hmm. Steve Berline joins. It's the quarterback talking about the quarterback position in the NFL. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. Uh, has not been good with the Jets. Uh, made some comments after the game on Sunday. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and just talk a little bit about that paraphrase uh, for our listeners that may not uh, be aware of it. Can today Robert Saul is coming back and saying, well, I'm not really committing to Zach Wilson for this week. We'll have to wait and see. Well, well, Zach Wilson, uh, he, he lost the locker room. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's already, you're, you're starting to uh, hear things trickle, um, you know, through social media and, and things like that. But, you know, he, he had a horrible performance. I think they had, a total of negative five yards in the second half of that game um, against the New England Patriots. And we all know what Bill Belichick does to the young quarterbacks. It's, it's been proven over time. Bill Belichick licks his chops when these young quarterbacks come in. He makes all of them look bad. All right? And, and so Zach Wilson, what he needed to say, instead of coming out after that game and complaining about how windy it was and, and how, you know, you know do, you feel, do you feel that you, you let your defense down by – only scoring three points and by playing as poorly as you did. And, and he only threw for 77 yards. And he, one word answer, he said, no, I don't feel like I let the defense down. And and that just did not go over well. We all know that quarterbacks, uh, you know, even sometimes uh, when, when it's not even justified, have to take the bullet. And that's just part of the job. It's part of, you know, of wearing that, that, that mantle of being a, a quarterback uh, whether it's your high school team, college, or NFL, whatever it might be, you have to be able to uh, take the accountability for, for a poor performance. And uh, Zach Wilson just brushed it off and didn't take any accountability for it and uh, made excuses. Even though he didn't, I mean, Mac, Mac Jones played in that same weather, I think. Yeah. I think the Patriots <laughs> played in the, the same field, and he completed like 23 of 28 for 240 yards. And you know, he was able to get through it and figure it out. But um, you know, I think Zach Wilson now is just in a position where his performance was so bad. He had some opportunities to make plays, uh, big plays in that game. He just missed them, uh, missed the reads and missed the throws a few times. Um, and then to come out and not, not, not say, Hey, you know, I got to play better. I, 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 that's not acceptable. I don't care about the conditions. 
My teammates are counting on me. Defense is playing their butts off. I've got to step up and make some plays, and I didn't do it. That's on me. And that's all you got to say, and it's over, you know? And it, and, it, and it shows your teammates that you're not pointing fingers and looking for excuses, and that it means something to you, and that you're going to take it personal. But uh, he didn't do that, and, and now that, that organization is being put in a tough situation. It is. And like you said, he lost the locker room. And again, after Zach Wilson said, you know, made that comment, uh, Garrett Wilson, his teammate, here's his quote. And he says, this stuff, and he didn't use the word stuff, if you know, is not okay. Straight up. It is not okay. How many total yards did we have? This stuff is not going to fly. We got the dudes. It's time to be consistent. It's time to win games we should win. It's unacceptable. No one wants to feel like this, but it's not enough. You've got to do something about it. I feel this is a wake-up for some of the people in this facility, for us in the facility to get on our details. So, uh, And he goes on and on and on, but you're right. Uh, Fractured locker room. And just weeks ago, Steve, the Jets were playing some very, very good football. They beat the Packers. Oh, yeah. They beat other teams, and all of a sudden, you know, they beat Buffalo. They beat Buffalo, they beat Buffalo exactly. Yeah. And their defense was was tough. Right. Well, the defense is tough. I mean, yeah. still, they only gave up three points right. against the Patriots. Yeah. But, uh, the, 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 they lost on a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, their defense is is legit. I mean, I'm talking about legit. I did uh, their game against the Packers a few weeks back up in up in Green Bay, and they made. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers looked uh, feeble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just completely dominated them in every aspect. And I, at that point, coming out of that game, I said, I, you know, if I'm in the AFC, uh, they scare me about as much as anybody else. And then they beat Buffalo. Um, after that, it was like, wow, these guys are <laughs> they are not afraid of anybody. And they went into Green Bay and into Buffalo and won those games. So, uh, although actually I think the Jets, I think the Buffalo game might have been in New York uh, in, yeah. in their own stadium. But um, anyway, this you know they're a team that can get it turned around if they just get decent quarterback play, and I think they'll get that out of Joe Flacco. And you know Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco, right? But uh, uh, I think he understands the situation and what an incredible opportunity if they call on him to to be able to go out there and, and potentially uh, lead a, a really talented young football team. Um, you know, to have a chance to, to maybe make some noise in the playoffs. And um, I think Joe Flacco probably thought he was never going to have that opportunity again, but it could be coming his way this year. All right, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up your least favorite quarterback, and I'm, I'm right with there uh, with you too. And you know where I'm going with this. 40-3, yeah. to three, Kirk Cousins, awful in that game. Minnesota, the worst uh, going into this game, I'd say the worst 8-1 and team. But just got drill pressed, Steve. Uh, coming into this game, I believe what they two—they only had two victories against teams with winning records. I mean, they were yeah. exposed big time. What does this mean for the Vikings going forward? Well, people are going to brush it off as they always do with Kirk Cousins. They're always going to, you know, say, "Oh, well, you know, just no one was ready to play. It wasn't his." You're not going to go fifteen and one. You're going to have a day like that. Um, you know, they they caught Buffalo the week before. Uh, you know, they won on a, a wing and a prayer. Uh, obviously, that catch by Justin Jefferson was uh, un- unbelievable that he made the catch. But even more ridiculous was the fact that the defensive back didn't just slap that ball down. I mean, why, why do you try to intercept that pass and let Justin Jefferson make that catch? Uh, you just knock the ball down and the game's over. And, you know, to his defense, the defensive back, I can't remember what his name was, but he took credit and accountability for, for making a really bad decision. He should have knocked it down. He knew that they would have won the game if he would have done that. But 
Um, so they, they squeak out in Buffalo, and Josh Allen was not at 100%. He hadn't practiced all week. They still almost won the game. Uh, then they go into da- they, they go back home, and they've got three in a row. They, got, they get hammered by Dallas. Uh, then they're, they're going to have New England coming in this week, uh, which is not going to be an easy game. Uh, and they're a team with a winning record. So, you know, the results speak for themselves. They've got another tough one next week. Uh, I can't remember who the third game. I think it might be the Jets coming in to play them um, in Minnesota the following week after this coming week against New England. So um, I knew this four-game stretch was going to kind of reveal things. Uh, the, the the thing that Minnesota has going for them, though, obviously, is that they're – I think they're – 15 games up on the Packers now. Um, so I, I don't, there's no way Aaron Rodgers and Packers are going to catch yeah. him. Uh, the Minnesota could lose out and still be the winner of that division. So they're going to go to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, but, but, but Kirk Cousins will have many chances to prove me wrong. And, and really, to be honest, I like Kirk Cousins. I don't have anything against him. I just call it as I see it. You know, the guy's never – um, never won a, a really big game. I mean, he's, I shouldn't say never. He's won a few, but yeah, his record, as you said, against teams of winning records this year, he's only won two. And his career, he's got like a 20% or less winning percentage in games when he's playing against teams that are over 500 when they're playing them. So um, it, it, it takes care of itself. You know, prime time and decent teams, he doesn't do very well against in general. So you're telling me that you like him? You like that? Is that what you're telling me? You like Kirk Cousins? He's my guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. I'm always with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right, man. What about your former team here? What I, I, I like that. Oh, I know where you were going with that. Uh, I like that. I know you, you got like it. that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. You like that chicken? I like that. You like that? I like that chicken. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Let's cl- let's close with the Raiders here, man. Uh, should people get excited because they beat the Broncos? As I like to point out, Steve, they've beaten two teams this year: the Broncos twice and the lowly Houston Texans. The two worst records in the National Football League. That's who the Raiders defeated. The Raiders. If you saw the game on Sunday, you saw the fashion where they won the game, thanks to Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson for. You know, not throwing an incomplete pass on third and ten instead of just keeping the ball and running forty more seconds off the clock. I mean, it, it's 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 funny because the Raiders never led until that final play, and then you got the blown coverage by Patrick Sertan there at the end. Uh, give me your give me your thoughts as the Raiders get their third victory of the year and now head to Seattle. Well, I would never minimize it at all because as anybody that's ever played in the NFL, anybody that really watches yeah. and studies it, it it's hard. It's hard to win against anybody. I mean, it is hard to win in the NFL, and, and uh, every one of those wins should be, you know, celebrated. And, and uh, no matter how it ends up working out, but uh, you know, it's been a rough year for the Raiders. I was happy to see it go their way. Um, you know, they've lost a lot of games they should have won. The games that, that they gave up the leads, well documented. Uh, I think they're a much better football team than their record indicates. Uh, but every win. Uh, for a team in, in the situation that the Raiders are in. Every win is a building block and will help them feel start to feel a little bit better about themselves. And, you know, as that record kind of starts to climb, hopefully toward 500, um, you know, they'll start getting that confidence back and maybe a little swagger. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll get themselves on a nice run and be able to finish it up strong. It doesn't matter how it happened, in my opinion. It right. happened. Right, you know, a win. Carr played well. Uh, you know, he threw for over 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Jacobs played well again. Uh, defense obviously did a pretty good job holding Denver to three field goals and a touchdown. 
Um, you know, boy, the Broncos still just look pathetic, as you said. I, I, I don't know what has happened to Russell Wilson. And, um, you know, they, they, I thought they were going to be a contender this year when they made that move. But, but what, what a disappointment that is. That's, that, if you ask me, that's a much more uh, disappointing uh, performance, uh, what the Broncos have done and what the Raiders have done this year. Yeah, but you could say, you know, fans said, well, they were a playoff team last year. You know, the Raiders were a playoff team, and then to be 0-6 in, in one-score games you. and now 1-7. and So, And, again, it's the way they won. I mean, think about it, Steve. If it wasn't for uh, Melvin Gordon fumbling on the two-yard line in the first right. half, okay, that, it's 10-7 at halftime. So, worst-case scenario, maybe 13-7. If they go in the end zone, it's 17-7. The Raiders probably don't come back. Then you got the, the Hackett, you know, and Wilson snafus at the end. I mean, look, what would the narrative be today? Oh, we lost to the Broncos. And now, you know, it's like, so it, it, they were on the verge of, of that happening. I mean, that's how close it was. And I'm with you. It's a win's a win. But, man, it, it wasn't like – it, it wasn't pretty at all. No, it wasn't. But but again, uh, every, you can go into uh, almost you know probably I'd say fifty plus percent of the games every week in the NFL that are that are decided by plays like that. I mean, yeah. you look at the Buffalo Minnesota game the week before where how Justin Jefferson makes that catch. I don't know. And then how does Josh Allen fumble the ball yeah. um, on a quarterback sneak coming out of the end zone? I mean, I, uh, these things happen, right? And um, those those defenses are are pretty talented as well, and they're going for that football, and who knows? I mean, what I'm saying, I'm not justifying it or rationalizing it all. I'm just saying that a win is a win, and it's much better to be on the winning side of an ugly game like that and and feeling like at least you got a break finally and now maybe things are going your way. Um, Maybe you can build on that rather than going back to Denver's locker room and saying – Dude, we, we thought we were going to be a Super Bowl contender yeah. when we signed this quarterback in the offseason. And we we are last place in the AFC West right now. Um, so, you know, it, it's a tough situation any way you look at it. Okay, rapid fire here. What happens? Raiders at Seattle this week. Seattle is a team that we thought, okay, that this would be an easy win for the Raiders six, eight weeks ago, but not the case. Uh, Seattle's playing tough. What do you think happens Sunday? Well, you know, I think that um, obviously there's no way you can build a case uh, that the, the that anyone should bet on the Raiders to win that game straight up. But you just don't know. I mean, Seattle, I think coming off of a, a tough loss, I think this week, I think they lost, didn't they? I, uh, Seattle? Seattle, they had to buy yeah. last week. They had to buy. They had to buy. Okay. Well, they lost going into the buy. They're coming off mm-hmm. of a loss. I know that. But, but, um, you know that that's going to be a tough. It's always Seattle is always an incredibly difficult place to play. One of the most difficult in the NFL. Um, you know they've got a lot of momentum going because of the season they're having, and um, you know there's no way anyone in the right mind would be able to build a case as to why the Raiders come out of there with a win. But when you look at the Raiders' schedule this year, I mean they've they've been in pretty much every game and um, had a chance to win most of them as well. So. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to go in there with the attitude of we got to get lucky to win. I think they go out there and they say we play our game, we can play with anybody, and we'll have a chance to win this game. And I think that's the way they've got to look at it. And um, you know, they again, they've got Josh Jacobs going. They're going to be able to run the football as long as they they you know don't give up the the, the bonehead big plays at the wrong times and and find a way to protect the football. 
Um, I think they'll be in this game at the, all the way to the end, and we'll see what happens. What is on the Burline table on Thursday? <laughs> well, I know that the the core ingredients on the table Thursday, my brother Doug and his wife Tiffany are going to be hosting uh, all, all three of my brothers and our kids. Um, there's going to be turkey and prime rib. Oh, that that's be the, what I'm talking the, about. The two, yeah, hmm. yes. And it'll be, uh, I think it'll be Traeger uh, grill uh, roasted prime prime rib, <laughs> which I've done before. That's a good way. If you haven't tried that yet, no. go out, go out and get yourself a Traeger uh, Traeger grill and, yeah, and put I, a prime rib in there and let it let it smoke. I'm familiar with the Traeger. Yeah, I don't have one. But yeah, yeah I, I've I looked at those. All right. So if I shipped you some blue ribbon chicken for Thursday, where I know they make the table, but where would it be on the table uh, as as far as the prime rib and the turkey go? Oh no 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 no! That would not make the table. It wouldn't make it. That no. would that would that would that would be my private my private selection. That would not be shared with anybody. Are you kidding it. me? Uh, not, e- not even on Thanksgiving. You have to you have to excuse yourself to the back office uh, like uh, every five. Oh, I gotta go check a score. I gotta go do something else. Uh, get my laundry, and then you'd be be eating the chicken. Then you'd be come back. Uh, you know, for the prime rib. I, I see how it goes. Exactly. I exactly. I don't even. I, I might even bring. I might not even bring it to his house. Yeah. I wouldn't even bring it to his. He wouldn't leave my house. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> All right, my man. I appreciate yeah. the time as always. Uh, have a great one. Uh, tell the lovely Esther hello, uh, the family, and all that. And uh, we'll we'll look forward to talking with you again here real soon. Okay, we'll do it, man. Take care, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. See you later. Yeah. You got Bye. it. Steve Berline, our guy, the quarterback. Love talking that food here. Of course, we're going to talk food. Of course. That's how we do it. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Ah, uh, yes. Talk a lot of football today. We'll continue talking about those disappointing Raiders a little bit later on. But right now, let's talk a little baseball. We didn't get a chance to talk to our man last week. So, let's do it. We'll talk a little MLB and plenty of music as well, too. Because if you remember the last time he joined us, he just he just dropped everything. Picked up the drumsticks and started giving us a drum solo. He is the one and only multi-talented, not only two-time World Series champion, the five-time All-Star on the baseball diamond, but also... The star of Sacks in the Morning, the famous podcast, and also drummer extraordinaire, Steve Sacks. What's going on, brother? You're on the clock. TC. Now, <clears throat> now listen, if you, if you want to talk about NFL, I can do that. I can do that uh, as well. You know, Of course. The 40, you notice the difference, and I love the Raiders and I love the 49ers. Okay, I, I love them both. But when I watch the Raider game, and, God, they are just pathetically awful. They are just – they might be the worst team in the NFL. That's how bad they are. They're horrible. They're not bad. They're, they're, they're hard to watch. They're so terrible. Okay? That's what they are. I hate to say it because I love the Raiders. I've been a Raider fan since Kenny Stabler days. Right. But when I watch this, when I watch this team, uh, it's, it's, they're, they're god-awful. They're they're just horrible in every aspect. So what um, what aspect don't you that really despises you when you watch this team? 
I'll, I'll tell you what despises me. One thing. I'm a, I'm a huge Derek Carr fan, all right? Mm-hmm. But when he drops back to pass, it takes like a 47-step drop, and then he sits there in the pocket for like another 17 seconds, and then when he's getting ready to throw it, he's, oh, 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 he's going to fumble. I mean, what happened to two steps and get the ball out of your hand? Because obviously the line isn't going to hold for 40 or 50 seconds. you got to get the ball out of your hand. Like, now, <laughs> two steps, throw it. Two steps, throw it. And it, it just happens play after play after play. And pretty soon you just turn the channel. It, it's the same stuff every damn play. It, so it, that's one thing. Okay. The other thing is yes. the defensive line. When they're playing against a guy that can run past option quarterback, and he fakes the handoff to the running back, and he gets the, the, the lineman on the corner to bite, and then the quarterback takes it back and runs around the corner. When you do that like 14, 15 times in a row, you might think that, you know what, maybe I should just key on the quarterback and let the line get the, get the, uh, get the runner. But you should hit that quarterback every single time he runs that play, whether he gives the ball or not. Make him pay for it every single play. Does that happen? No. Well, let me, let me show you how many times it happens. Uh, how about zero? <laughs> zero times that happens. And then they run the same play every single time. And it's like, man, the, I'm not a football player, but I know that. I know that. So, anyway, those are my two things I get ticked off about. How do you feel about the secondary? How about that? Well, they're <laughs> awful, too. And here, here's the thing that really chaps my ass, okay? <laughs> let me say something that really chaps my ass. The defensive player – is, is, is running with the receiver downfield. The receiver looks up and catches the ball. The ball comes by and it scrapes the defender's helmet and the receiver catches it. How about you turn around and catch the ball and intercept it instead of letting it scrape right by your helmet and letting the offensive player catch it? That might be a good thing to do. I mean, they say, well, you can't take your hands off. You can't take your, your eyes off of the receiver. The receiver has to has to turn around and look for the ball, doesn't he? Why doesn't the defender do that? But they don't, and the ball goes right by him, and the receiver catches it. You see that happen, TC? Mm-hmm. How many times do you see that happen? Uh, numerous, man. It, it, it is. It's, it's that's it's, how they were able to invent the back shoulder the, throw. Very that's how nice. that got invented. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's. And again, you're you got you like me exactly. You're not you're not you're not used to this. We're used to this over the last 20 years. It doesn't matter the, whoever the coach is, the coaching regime, whatever. I mean, this has just been a bad franchise for the last 20 years, minus maybe one season. But it's I, it, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying they're awful. I they're, know. They're, they're terrible. They, they, and they, they so, are let, terrible. Let me ask you. Go ahead. Who, who's the coach? Who's the coach? Josh McDaniels. Okay. Probably a nice guy. Probably a nice – probably a great guy. But – I haven't seen this guy smile, get pissed off and throw something down, show emotion. I mean, I think the last time they said that he smiled, he saw a five-car wreck on the freeway. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, is there any emotion at all in him? If I was that team, I would be throwing chairs. I'd be pulling my hair out. I'd be, I'd be tackling a referee. I'd be doing something, but 
this stuff ain't working right now. No, and you're you're right. I've actually talked about that. This team is emotionless on the sideline. You now have infighting. You have finger pointing. You have you not just oh, disappointment. You have man. anger. I mean, the the comments from Devontae yeah. Adams is just you know again he's not he comes from Green Bay. He's not used to losing like this. And then Derek Carr was in tears. We just we just played the sound and and the audio from the, the last segment. And then you had vanilla Josh McDaniels. As vanilla as can be. It's like Mike McCarthy, you know, vanilla as can yeah. be. And these guys, no, there's question marks, Steve. I mean, you had to go back. Well, and I just talked about this guy's record. You know he's lost 24 of his last 31 games as a head coach. No one knew if this guy could actually coach. Actually, we doubted that he could coach. Who is he? Where, got, where did he come from? Well, where did he come from? you got to remember, he was Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator with the Patriots, you know, for all of these years. And he got a shot going back to 2008, 2009 to be a head coach with the Broncos when Tim Tebow was there he won his first six games and then he lost 20 uh then he lost you know uh you know forever and then he got fired so he had to go back to be a coordinator again with the Patriots but again as a head coach including this year as a head coach he's lost 24 of his last 31 games as a head coach so no one knows if these guys can coach Mark Davis just came out and gave him a vote of confidence by saying you know what I hired this man. I'm sticking with this man. I believe he can lead the Raiders to greatness. So, again, they're tired of the revolving door, coaching doors here. You know, they're trying to use the excuse of, okay, let this guy and the GM who came over from the Patriots, Dave Ziegler, let these guys try to build something for a couple years. But you're right. In the locker room with the players, there's no emotion. There's none. But, you know, the Steve Steve Saxes or the Vince Lombardis of the world, those are gone, my friend, as you know, in all sports. We don't see that anymore. We don't. We don't see the emotion. I see him. I see him, I see him jump off sides on defense. Let me ask you something. How do you possibly jump off sides if you, if the ball hasn't moved? Why are you jumping? Because he has a hard count. You learn that in in, in midget football right. before you're in high school. That's what you learn. And I see him jump off sides. I, I I would take I would take the the whole defensive team and I would say the first twenty minutes of every day. We're gonna we're gonna do snap counts, and you're gonna look at the ball. When it moves, then you move. We're gonna do it 20 minutes every day. If you don't do it right, we'll do it for an hour every day. That's what I would do. Steve Sachs applying for the Raiders head coaching position. Uh, there it is. Yeah, get me in there. I'll change that shit around. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> Uh, there it is. Now I gotta, I gotta believe. I mean, did you know you you talk about you know Pee Wee Midget Bantam uh, football? Uh, were you a star on either that uh, Marshall High School team or whatever the West Sac team was <laughs> in, in, in Pop Warner? No, huh? No, I was not. My parents wouldn't let me pay, play football because they actually thought I was going to be a baseball player at that age. Oh, look at this! And though, so I was not allowed to play football. But I coached football when my son was playing, and I loved it. I loved coaching football. It was a, it was a blast. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was more football's more my personality, I right. think, than, than baseball. That, that, yeah. that's true. And it, it, uh, it, your personality shows. I mean, this is why you're a drummer too. You want to you bang the drums and show yeah. a little aggression, right? Well, yeah, I, I like I like the movement. I like the physicality. I like to go out there and be the uh, the heartbeat of, of the song. Yeah. And that's what drummers do. And so I, I, I kind of dig it. You know, I'm. Uh, I've been a drummer since I was nine years old, and I, I, I kind of I like that. It's a, it's a challenge, and it's a lot of fun. 
All right. So, you know, we got so many rave reviews last time you were on the show that you actually went really? to Really? I'm serious. When you, people are still talking. You got to tell them all to, to sign, sign up for Sacks in the Morning, and then we'll get, see how much they're raving. Okay. okay. There, there you go. All right. That's fine. There it is. Sacks in the Morning, where you get your podcast. Sign up. But people had come up to me. They had called. They said, man, Steve Sacks did, did smoking. He did that Boston song. That was great. So, so I said, I, I had a request for you. I want to see if, if you could, uh, you know, duplicate that drum solo from frankenstein you remember that song i mean we, uh, we, we came back give, to that give me give like i said challenging yeah. but that's not challenging that's easy I, I mean give me something hard to do oh. i mean that's that that is like a piece of cake i could do that in my sleep is that right there it is so we need to of course we, i could we, we, of course you could we we need to we need yeah. to come up with a you know a, a song like you said so you could actually you you drum away here and uh you know we I had a, a, one of our listeners talk about, you know, the one-hit wonders because uh, you love, you know, quoting, you know, we, we're talking about the one-hit wonders there. And uh, so we got we got to yeah. throw some songs your way here today, and you got to give me some feedback okay. if you remember them. or, or he, Now, Numchuck the DJ, we'll see how quick you could be. Now, obviously, like, I'm not going to go. Well, let me get on my drums. Let me get on my drums, and we can do different songs. Oh, okay? here we go. So, There's it. All right. Let, let, what, 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 when we go to the first drum song I ever learned. Let's hear it. Was by was by the Rolling Stones' um, Honky Tonk Woman. Oh, one of, okay. my, one of my favorites. Here we go. Okay, here we go, Nubchuck. Here we go. Honky Tonk Woman. Wait, hang on a second. Ready? Yeah, let's do here it. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Nunchuck, crank it up. There he is. We play the hits here. It's nonstop. Forget the 70s on 7. It's sexy on the drums. It's the Rolling Stones. And then a honky tiger wama. It's just, it's, it's, it's too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. All right. So that's why I thought, like, the Frankenstein would be good because you know how he goes, boom, the Edgar Winter. I mean, I thought you just, you would rake on Frank. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Numchuck, fast forward to some Frankenstein here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that goes? It's this one. Come on. This one right here, Saxy. Go ahead. Here we go. Here it comes. Wait. <laughs> Hang on. Wait. Here comes the Moog synthesizer. 
Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites. You remember this back in the day? Yeah. So where's the drum solo part coming? Just racks it away. It doesn't come in for a while. doesn't come in for a while? Oh, we got time. No. Here we go. Here it is. Oh, there. Up with the card to hear it. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That one. Guitar player, let's go. Let's just bring a guitar player. Let's just let's just do it. There it is, man. There it is. Outstanding. Yeah. There it is. Wow. Well, you, you get a yeah, workout today, didn't you? A, yeah, I did. And the drums are a workout, but uh, <laughs> you did like my honky tonk woman, right? Huh, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I thought you got got a little uh, a little bit faster than the Rolling Stones did a little bit as as you went on, but well, yeah, that's because because you get a little delay, a little delay here. There you go, outstanding stuff. Delay over the radio. Steve Sachs, your drummer extraordinaire, no doubt about it, man. All right, so hey, man, thank you. Here's my beef. My my beef is back to this Major League Baseball with these postseason awards, which really aren't postseason awards because they're regular season awards. So please, please yes, expl- explain to me, okay? And we go through this yeah. every year. America League Manager yeah. of the Year: Terry Francona, mm-hmm. Scott Service, Brandon Hyde. Who's who's missing off of that list? Dusty Baker. Why? Why isn't he Manager of the Year? Explain it to me, please. Uh, regular season, it. okay, 106 wins, more than anybody else. Yeah, I don't 106. get it. 106. Please, I don't get it. Explain to me. Have we turned into the mediocrity where, okay, well, let's take a team that was supposed to suck, and right. you're better than we thought. You're manager of the year? Right. Steve, explain it to me, please. You know, you know what that's called? That's called woke. That's what that's called. <laughs> that's what that's called. If you go woke, you go broke. It's no joke. Fix it before you croak. That's what I invoke. <laughs> Can he, can he jump to that rap? That's outstanding. <laughs> I'm serious. That's called woke, brother. Seriously, explain it to me. I mean, you've been around this game forever. You've been in it. You play. Well, you coach. You're there. You're Come on. Yeah, uh, uh, Broadcast, I, I, I television, radio. Explain where is Dusty. What a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. All everyone has yeah. done is praise him and talk about what a great job he did. He took this job, and then he finally gets his World Series, and you don't reward this man. If anybody should ever be rewarded, it is him. It's nobody else. Nobody in any league. And, and you notice what he does? He takes one-year deals and he still kicks kicks booty. Yes, that's what he does. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I just don't get it. I mean, what what is it against Dusty? I think it's because he's seventy-two. Well, he just doesn't understand today. We're different. <laughs> I I have a suit and tie and I sit in a room and crunch numbers. So I'm a, I know more than Dusty does. Sure you do. Yeah, but Ter- that's that's what it's like today. Do, do you believe that Terry Francona it, it did a better job than Dusty? Or Scott Service? Oh yeah, sure he did. I mean, come on, what is well, this? Brandon well, Brandon Terry, Terry, Terry had some maladies this year, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and throw him in there because you know it's uh, it's only fair. We want to be woke, <laughs> okay? So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna throw a guy in there that you to, know to find woke. It'll make you somebody feel give me, good. Somebody give me the Webster's dif- dictionary of woke, please. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm Chuck, what about are you doing? going broke is what it is. I want him to rap. Go ahead, Steve. 
Give me your woke rap. There you go. You go woke, you go broke. It's no joke and fix it before you croak. That's what I invoke. Hand to senior, you're just a wiener. You tried to go, but it's somewhere in between her. That's the woke. It's no joke. Fix it before you croak. That's what I invoke. <laughs> there it is. Just... If you trust, you'll go bust. <laughs> I got to work on my next lyrics, but I think I could do the rap stuff. I dig rap. I'm going to do it. You can do it all, man. This is it. This is... If you get trusty, you'll go busty. Yeah. It's kind of musty. But you should vote dusty. Oh, ho, ho. Vote dusty. If you busty, you go trusty. Smells kind of musty, but name is dusty. Uh-huh. Steve, AL Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Stephen Kwan. Uh, Julio I gotta, Rodriguez. I got to give. Adley Rushman. Yeah. No, Jeremy no, Pena. No. Give us a... Jeremy Pena's not even on the no. ballot. Not on the ballot. I got. I, look, I, I think it's either you got to go with. I, I don't know if Pena's finding the final numbers. I, I think he hit 23 jacks, didn't he? Yes, he did. And I got to go with him or that dude in uh, Seattle was pretty damn good. Yeah, right. So I, I get that. And that's all everyone talked about during the course of the entire regular season, that it was Rodriguez or Pena. And then Pena doesn't even yeah. get on the ballot. Stephen Kwan and Adley. He's not even on the ballot? Not on the ballot. Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman? Yes, yeah. Oh my God! Not, that, not, not to be horrible. confused. Not to be confused with that Bishop Rushman from Primal Fear. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't confuse the two. Yeah. All right, but Adley Rushman does not deserve to be on there with those other guys. Uh, that's not even close. I know. That's absurd. Not even close. Ridiculous. But that's what it's like today. That's that's one reason why I wasn't so sad about getting out. There's there's a there's a lot of this stuff going on now. See. TC, you just don't understand because you're not your feelings aren't deep enough. That's you see? true. That's you true. Just, you just don't understand because you're not you're not smart enough. These other guys are smart, man. They went to school and all that. They, they know more. I'm not woke enough. Yeah, you got to be. You, you got to get a little more woke, bro. That's it. All right, which one of these one-hit wonders would you uh, would w- would you take if uh, you you had to play one or just you know, you want to crank it up there in your backyard? Would you go with uh, one toke over the line? You remember that one? Sweet uh, Jesus! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a little afternoon delight. Uh, play that. Yeah, that's the. That's what the afternoon delight. Who was the who was the, uh, the authors of Afternoon Delight? Uh, Starland a, Vocal Band. Starland Vocal Band. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you got that. Uh, how about Beach Baby? I never knew what that meant until I got a little bit older. I figured that one out. There you go. Right. Yeah. Be- <laughs> you got Beach Baby by First Class. You know, there you go. All right. Yeah. Here's one of my favorites. Let's go out with this one. Here's one. How about Brother Louie? Brother Louie by the Stories. You remember that one, Steve? Brother Louie, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, well, you you're gonna know this. Yeah, let's go. Let's go out with that one as we go to the break. Play that one. You're not talking about Louie, Louie. There we go. Here, well, not, no, we're talking this one. Here we go. Crank it up, baby. One hit wonder. The stories. Yeah, gotta get a little soul in you, Steve. Right there. You know what I'm saying? I got you, it. I'm, I'm rocking. You go. Okay, let's go. Crank it up there, and I'm just. Oh yeah, I know this song. Yeah, who doesn't? Great one hit wonder. Yeah, of course, one hit wonder. Yeah, I got it. All right. There'd be a nice little slow drum on this one, wouldn't it? Oh, this is an easy one, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Louie, 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 Louie. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh-oh. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we went an entire segment without what Steve... 
without you won me oh, money. Oh, no, we're not done yet. Okay. You know who would love to hear this? Who's this? Hey, I got a new name for the quake. What do you got? I got the new name for the quake. Bring it. He is the Krakasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> the quake is the Krakasaurus. Hey, uh... So how about if you do this for me next time you come on? Why don't you? Twenty. You you actually won me a, a bet. Uh, Numchuck said it would take you 17 seconds before you reference the quake. 20 minutes and 50 seconds before you mentioned the quake. I also didn't think he was going to get into the NFL like he did. That's true. You you made him into yeah. a rant. I made him instantly. I didn't even invite him to the NFL. He took it upon yeah, himself. But, but what, hey, I loved but, it. but you guys got to admit, was I right or not? Money won't change it. You're perfectly right. You're strong. Yeah. All right. So do you think uh, next time we have you on, since you're a football analyst, we're going to have you on, you know, talk football. But can you write us a rap for the quake? Can you give us like oh. one, or two, one or two verses and maybe yes, drum it? If you give me, give me, a, if you can send me a little bit of the rhythm, I'll do the, I'll do the words. I'll send it to you. All right. All right. Now that's going to do. Do you want me to, do you want me to, uh, rap, what, what do you want it to be about? Uh, just about the quake, whatever you want. About the quake. Oh, quake. Yeah. I, I do the quake. Perfect. We're, we're, you, you write a rap on the quake. You write a rap on the quake, okay. and we will either have him in studio next time or get him on the phone, and you can give him your rap. How's that? Oh, yeah. I, I will definitely do a rap on the quake. All right, brother. We'll let you go, mm-hmm. man. Go go, go, go play some okay, drums. Guys. Turn up, Turn up some one-hit wonders. <laughs> See you guys later. There's Steve Sachs. Doesn't get any better than that. Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che Itaca! Yeah! Yeah! È il magnifico! Il magnifico! Il magnifico rettore! Live! Go! Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo, Pifio. Messi la tiene, Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está, Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro, Iniesta! The doctor is now in. Number two, coming your way here on a little pre-Thanksgiving show. Remember, tomorrow, you've got the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest, Volume 2. We'll play that for you tomorrow. Look forward to that. Friday, best of, and including our best bet segment from today. Because we're going to be doing best bets a little bit later on this hour. So you get it a couple days early. We'll incorporate the Thursday and Friday games if our handicappers would like. We're throwing that out there. So we got that and a whole lot more. Hour number two on this wild Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully everyone has a very, very nice Thanksgiving Day weekend. All right, we continue on here. World Cup. 
three days into it. We've already had some massive upsets, one earlier today, one yesterday, and who do we talk to? None other than our good friend from across the pond. And no, not today, ladies and gentlemen. He is not Paul Buck Power Stewart because there will be no mention of Tampa Bay Buccaneers whatsoever. No Bucks, thank goodness. No T.J. Reeves. Well, uh, T.J. Reeves may he may get a he may get a slight in there. Who knows what? I mean, he may may get a jab or two in there. But no Buccaneer talk today. No. Join us now across the pond. Our World Cup insider, Paul Stryker Stewart. What's going on, Stryker? A very good afternoon to you, TC, and good afternoon, everybody in Vegas. Yeah, to us, the World Cup's fantastic. We beat Iran 6-2. Everything's great here in England, thank you. We, 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 are, are you wearing the, the English jersey? Are, are you suiting up there? Are you the third-string goalie by any chance? No, 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 no. I've still got my NFL jersey on at the moment. No, I mean, this is a national sport. Yes. You do talk about we. So when we, you know, we're going to talk about Team USA, you talk you, you can use the we phrase because this is national pride, national interest. Mm-hmm. You get behind your country, and right now everything's great as far as English mm-hmm. soccer is concerned. All right. So we have the Paul Stewart World Cup pool. All right. He is the mastermind behind this. Now we all do our March Madness pools, you know, we've got fantasy football, this, that. But Paul Stewart is the only one that I know that uh, does the World Cup pool. And, yes, I participated. Uh, it did take me a long time, Paul. I don't know, you know, what it took the average ham and egg in your pool to, to fill out those 48 games. But I took mine very, very seriously here. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, your pool here. Even though we're not playing for any grandioso prizes, I mean, bragging rights, I'm not happy about that. I mean, that's a lot of work. A lot of mind work going into this for absolutely nothing, my friend. Bragging rights for everything, TC. So, yes, this <laughs> prediction competition, what you had to do was predict the result of each of the 48 group games. You either pick who would win or if it would be a draw. So, right now, after 12 games, nine is leading. No one has even got a 75% record is the best. And if I look down the standings, I'd like to point out that I have eight and you and a certain TJ Reeves only have seven. Would you care to comment on the current standings, TC? Only seven? And the leader has nine? I, I think that that's right there. If we're in a horse race, Paul, I'm in striking position right now. You just, I, you know, striker. There it is. I'm in right there. Uh, now that's a movie reference too, as you probably, you know, cause you are so adept at our American movie classics, Paul. Do, do you, do you know what I'm talking about when I said striker? No, I don't know that one. When I think of Thanksgiving movies, I'm totally right. into planes, trains, automobiles, but you have to enlighten me on this. Okay. One, that, well, you hit the first one. Did you, what's the first thing you said there? What's the first one you said? Right there. Planes, 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 planes. striker. Oh, it's an airplane. Oh, it's airplane. There it is. Striker. Does Nubchuck yes. doesn't even know what we're talking about? See, Paul knows. Yeah, Striker wasn't Striker the pilot. Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. But um, yeah, fantastic. I love that. Actually, a good point. Yeah, I should have got into that film. But yeah. uh, surely you can't be serious, TC. Oh, stop calling me Shirley. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, I think I'm I'm right there. I mean, I think my picks are. Well, hold up. Now, I know that you'd love to give me a bad time, and I'll, I'll allow you to do it because, of course, I had uh, 
Germany. I believe I had Germany winning today, didn't I, Paul? Did I have them winning or did I have them part of a draw? I can't remember. No, you had them to win. We only had two people predicting a draw. So I'd like to point out that TJ has actually said next time the Bucks pay in Tokyo, he'll buy you a Japanese football jersey (laughs) to replace the German soccer one he didn't get you in Munich. Yes, and it's funny how... He's now saying the one he's going to get me a different jersey. So that means he's just just backed out altogether of following through with what he promised to get the jersey, even though it's going to be a little bit late. But you know, my my Amazon delivery still hasn't hit home yet. I still do not have my German national jersey. But I don't know, Paul. After witnessing what I witnessed this morning, I'm not sure I want one. But I mean, I do like those jerseys too. I think they, you know, I have every uh cup uh jersey that the germans have worn probably since 2006 i think so uh i i do you know i was expecting that to be delivered to me basically shipped to me directly from germany since that one tj reeves was there and uh you know since you weren't there you didn't take the bullet train over so i guess i'm just gonna have to let you know uh amazon take care of it or somebody else but but anyway but back to the match yes thoroughly disgusted um, as I told Numchuck and I told our listeners the other day, it's 5 a.m. here. So I said, okay, I'm turning off my phone. I don't want any spoil alerts. I was not going to get up at five in the morning. So I recorded the match, got up about seven, and then I watched it from the beginning. And sure enough, I turn on my phone and, you know, there's, there's TJ Reeves text. There's messages from you. And I know that you guys are just, you know, you're going to do spoiler alert. So I, I put my phone aside. That's why I didn't hear from me for about two or three hours this morning. But I thought the Germans played exceptionally well in the first half. I They should have had a 2-0 lead. It was only 1-0. They had a chance to add to it. Then I thought they continued on for probably the first maybe 15 to 20 minutes of the second half. And then the final 20 minutes, Paul, all hell just broke loose. And they played no defense whatsoever. And Japan just turned it up a notch. Not only did uh, Japan, you know, draw the score, it, it, it won. Then they got the go-ahead score and they win 2-1. Just downright embarrassment for the German national team again. I think what you need to look at, I mean, apart from the fact the German left back, that's some of the worst defense I've ever seen played in a World Cup game. What we've had now is... There are really no weak teams in the World Cup anymore. Now, when you go back to the the 70s and the 80s, you had teams coming in from, you know, from the Australasian area, from Africa, and any chance to play on the world stage. You never saw their players outside of their own country. So they never had any experience. Now, with the explosion of TV rights of the Premier League, of Serie A, La Liga and all the leagues in Europe, those teams are now going out to other countries to find the best players. So the best players in Japan, in Africa and America are playing in these big European leagues. They're getting the experience. They're playing at the highest level. So now when they come to play for their national team in the World Cup, suddenly it's not such a big deal. They're not overall by it. So the fact that Japan beat Germany is not the surprise it would have been 40 years ago. Yes, you still get one or two results like Iran got outclassed, Costa Rica got you know, annihilated by Spain today, but you have Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. And as I say, it's not such a big shock as it used to be, but people still have the perception that it is a surprise. 
Well, see, now I'll take the other side of that. There are still some dreadful teams. As we know, Qatar has no business being in this World Cup. Host country, I get that. They're not going to score a goal. They're not going to score a goal. Costa Rica may not score a goal. Senegal might not score a goal. I mean, Senegal probably will. But those three teams are downright awful. And there's probably another one in there as well, too, that maybe I'm missing. But I think though, in Iran, let's throw Iran in there. Those teams are awful, Paul. Terrible. Yeah, they are. They are rather. They were a little bit tactically naive. Now, Iran tried to play a nine-man defence against England, allowed England to come at them. Now, the idea being, and it's happened in World Cups in the past, you try and almost frustrate the better team. You know, you you try and stop them. So in the end, they get frustrated. And then by the end of the game, they start panicking. You break away and score. Back in 1990, Costa Rica beat Scotland 1-0 with pretty much their only shot on goal, trying that exact tactic. But again, I think, you know, those are lesser. There are less poor teams now than there ever were in the past. Now, the World Cup has expanded. We've got 32 teams now. There are going to be 48 teams in the next World Cup. Eventually, by 2030, it might be easy enough for Scotland to even qualify. But it's been a good World Cup. Cup so far. We've had some interesting games. We've had the interesting results. I mean, Qatar are really upset. They bought this World Cup and then someone told them they had to go and try and win a match as well. They want their money back. <laughs> right. Paul Stewart joins us talking a little World Cup. We've seen the upset today. We saw probably the greatest upset in World Cup history Yesterday, and you mentioned it, Saudi Arabia defeats Argentina 2-1. I believe Saudi Arabia had two shots on goal, Paul, and they both scored. I mean, how crazy is that? Now, the, the Germans getting beat by Japan, the way that unfolded, that was shocking. But Argentina was the cup favorite here at the sports books. And if you talked or listened to any of the panelists, uh, especially on the American broadcast that Fox is doing, everybody picked Argentina to win. Talk about how difficult it is for Germany now and for Argentina to get through to the knockout stage. Because as we know, I believe the percentage is somewhere around 85, 90%. When you lose that first match, more, more times than not, 90%, you're not going through to the knockout stage. Well, one of my friends is Martin Gramatica, the former Buccaneers NFL kicker who's Argentinian. It's funny, he's ignoring me on Facebook at the moment. I think he knows why. Um, Argentina lost this, their opening game in 1990 to Cameroon in very similar circumstances, but still then won their next two games and ended up in the final. So it can be done. You put yourself behind the eight ball, to use an American sports analogy. You've probably got to win both your remaining two games to do it. So, yes, Argentina can still do that. I think they were guilty of a fluke result. You know, you, you know, you've sometimes there have been some great shocks in March Madness where, where a, a number 64 seed is overturned a number one type seed. You know the big shocks you occasionally get because it's not a best of seven series. It's a one-off game. So I think Argentina are very complacent. They've had the wake-up call of all wake-up calls. They need to come out and win their next game. Yes, I think they can still do it. But as I said, it, they're up against it now. It may be tougher for Germany because their next game is against Spain, uh, where Argentina yeah. really doesn't have anyone of that caliber in their group. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Paul Stewart joins us. So we know we have the craziness of the World Cup. It's exciting. It's fantastic. What do you want to say to people, especially people here in the United States, that may not watch much soccer at all and you know don't understand it? 
What what do you want to say to those people or what can you do to engage them to, hey, watch this, give this a try? You're supporting your country, TC. Now, we've talked on air before that America don't really have a national sport. Football, baseball, hockey, basketball, you go into the, any kind of event, you would win them. So the only time you've ever really root for the USA is in the Ryder Cup, which is you're just playing Europe once every two years. And then occasionally you get into the Olympics where there are dozens of events and you cheer for American athletes, which, again, isn't really supporting your country. Now, here in England and in other countries, we support our country in different events, whether it's the Cricket World Cup, whether it's rugby, whether it's soccer. It's something we're used to doing. So you put aside your support for Tottenham, for Liverpool, for Manchester United. You come together to support England. So on Friday, the USA play England. It's an 11 o'clock Pacific time start, I believe, 2 o'clock East Coast, 7 o'clock over here in the evening. Whether you understand soccer or not, whether you like soccer or not, it doesn't matter. You are going to a sports bar. You're going to turn your TV on. You are supporting your country. Those 11 players are representing the millions and millions of people from coast to coast, and that's what you get behind. Yep, totally agree with you. No question about it. Okay, you mentioned USA uh, in England on Friday. Well, let's back it up a little bit. USA uh, had the 1-0 lead over Wales. Wales came back, equalized. Uh, bad penalty there by the United States. And, and again, they put them, themselves in, in a bad position. You know, in pool play with only three games, it, you know, when you have these leads like Germany had today over Japan, like USA had against Wales, it is a, a crushing. You almost feel like it is a loss. It's a defeat. Now, granted, you still get a point for this. The win, you get three, and it's better than a loss where you get none like Germany got today. But Still, you have to feel if you're USA, you, you let one get away because now you're going to be a decided underdog against England on Friday. Talk a little bit about that match. And I know that's a lot to unpack here, but talk about the match with USA England, the rivalry kind of, so to speak, what the English people are actually saying about this matchup against USA. And what about USA? If they lose this game, do you think that they're done and they will not? move through to the next round. Well, the last time America beat England at anything, you were throwing tea into the harbour in Boston. <laughs> so it's about time you had a chance for some Wait, success. Is, is this another Tom Brady reference? Is is, is that right? You know, Boston, Boston Tea Party? Um, the boat parade? Talking something long, yes. long before Tom Brady. Something around se- the 1770s, I think, was the last Slightly time you Slightly before had my time. success against okay. us. Okay. Um, no, it's not. You're not. No, the, the point you got against Wales was OK. Now, the way you look at it, even if you've got a draw against England and England would be quite happy with that. You know, we're, we're in the driving seat in that in that group. So if we take a point from the game against America, even a point against Wales, five would get us through. So even if you draw this game, you expect that Wales are going to beat Iran. You would then have to go and beat Iran by more than Wales do. So if if. Wales beat Iran by two goals. You're going to have to go out in the last game and beat them by three. So you go ahead of them on on the tiebreaker. That's what you've got to look at. You can't really, even if you were to lose to England, 
you would probably just then need England to beat Wales. You would still have a chance of going through. So it is only the top two to go through. So I think, I don't know if you're that necessarily massive underdogs against England. England have done the hard work already. A draw would suit them fine. So as I said, it's not the end of the world if you don't win the game. It's not completely the end of the world if you lose it, but a win for America tomorrow would put you in a fantastic place because it would mean you would, you know, any kind of result against Iran would get you through. It would also mean I would not be on the show for the next month because I would not be able to handle the stick I would take <laughs> from you and Nunchuck. What is the view of you English uh, Brits over there, you soccer heads towards uh, Team USA and this uh, soccer team? Do do the English people think that okay, this is this is a walkover? They still kind of have the lack of respect for American soccer. No, and don't forget, we're not Brits in this. Britain encompasses the four countries. Is in uh, Great Britain. We are just England in this competition. Uh, there, there you go. Wales I like to hear that. There you go. That, yeah, I'm too confused. So, yes, with all the golf talk okay. and everything else. You're right. Yes. Is this more important? Uh, is this the same wavelength as the the cricket World Cup or the rugby World Cup for you? No, soccer World Cup is much yeah, bigger. Of course. Um, so, for example, when we play Wales, that's more of a that's a real local rivalry. So, you know, it's it's part of the you know the Great Britain. The Welsh will totally want to win that game. That is a chance for bragging rights for years and years if they were to win that game against us. But I mean, I think if you look back 40, 50 years when England were playing America at soccer, we'd have just started laughing, thinking, okay, that's a second-rate, lower-level team. We should beat them easily. I think there's a lot more respect for the game now. The way the game has grown with with the the soccer league that you've you know the two levels of soccer you now have across the United States, it's never going to take away from the four big sports. We know that, but it's a huge participation sport. So I think that no one in England is underestimating this game tomorrow um, and then, on Friday, and they're looking forward to it. But as I said, it is a chance for bragging rights. We do consider America our neighbours, even though you're 4,000 miles away. And yeah, they're going to be bragging rights between you and me and uh, TJ Reese on this one, my friends. There you go. He is Paul Stryker Stewart. Talk a little World Cup here, <laughs> 2022. All right, we've mentioned this before, that this tournament being in Qatar is it's it's a drawback. I mean, first of all, the World Cup usually takes place in the summertime. Here we are in November, around Thanksgiving, and we're having this played. Uh, temperature's still very hot there, but this is weird. This, you know, none of these countries play Qatar in friendlies. I mean, it's just very unusual. Maybe that has something to do with the early upsets that we've seen. But let's talk a little bit about some of the problems there in Qatar. Early on, we know coming into it, the slave labor, those issues that you and I talked about, we're both disgusted about that. Uh, give me your viewpoint here and what you've heard for the, you know, the opening days here so far of any other issues that have taken place with either teams or just, uh, you know, the, the surroundings there and the venues there in Qatar. What's been happening in the British media, and I'll talk about the British media in general, all the national newspapers and, and media outlets, TC, is they've been trying to make their own, not silent protests, but they're trying, you know, OK, if the players can't make any statements on the field and the German players all lined up and covered their mouths today to say they've been silenced for protesting. Well, the British commentators are doing the same thing. They're wearing, you know, 
wristbands or they're making comments along those lines. Now, it's quite okay for them to go out there and take the money. People like David Beckham have gone out there and taken a lot of money to appear as ambassadors for the event. It's a bit late now to try and get on your high horse and say things about, well, we shouldn't really be here. You should have done that before you accepted the money. My view now, TC, is, look, we've done all the protests. We know it shouldn't have been there. Let's get on with the foot, the soccer now. Let's get on with the games. Let's enjoy the actual on-field action. Because at the end of the day, it's still a soccer pitch. It's still 90 minutes. It's still two teams. Let's let's concentrate on that, who gets through and who wins. And let's worry about the ramifications for having the World Cup after the trophy's been presented. Yeah, well said. All right. He is Paul Pitch Power Stewart. There we go. Nubchuck came up with that one. Pitch Power. Of course, the pitch is the field. You know, I love the pitch. <laughs> All right, Paul, what is the Thanksgiving tradition happening over there? Not only for you, but uh, England. Uh, anybody celebrating? Or are you guys just going to be drunk in bars, uh, you know, watching soccer? I think basically, I mean, we talked about this last year on the show, TC, that Thanksgiving is very much a celebration for American people. Mm-hmm. And you might get invited round to Americans' house to to celebrate the food with them. We have inherited Black Friday from you. Believe me, that's all over. Every outlet. Wait, now are you working? Because you're a working man. Are you a working man tomorrow? Is just a, is it another Thursday for you tomorrow? Yeah, it's just a normal day for me. Now I am going to be cooking a thank. Thanksgiving dinner for myself because I've got a friend of mine coming back who's been working in India for the past year. She hasn't had a roast dinner, you know, a proper cooked dinner like that in a year. So I need to practice tomorrow with my Thanksgiving dinner for when she comes down in a couple of weeks. So I will be sending a picture for you. You can send me all these great things you have at different uh, burger and steak joints around Vegas. Mm. It'll be my turn tomorrow. And I'm expecting some compliments for my cooking for what I show you. You're actually going to cook. Are you going to be over a stove? You're yes. going to be in a kitchen. Okay. And what is that menu? Let's hear the menu. It's going to be, it's just going to be a turkey joint with potatoes and vegetables and probably some kind of chocolate dessert. Something quite simple. That will do. That, that's as American as you can get. The you're, you're an honorary American. I mean, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer at heart anyway. I mean, just, just get rid of the, 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 your English passport or whatever. Get, get rid, get rid of that, those, those colors, that red and white. You're an American. No, no, no. I, I am definitely not American at seven <laughs> o'clock UK time on Friday for the 90 minutes when we when we get you back for the Boston Tea Party. No, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving. I'll sit and watch the two, you know, the first two NFL games. The other one's a bit late for me. But yeah, so, you know, I, I remember presenting the show, the NFL coverage on Thanksgiving night on British TV. And we always used to get a local restaurant to bring a proper turkey into the studio. And it's amazing how many floor managers and cameramen and extra makers up artists we had turn up on the hope they were going to get fed when we were off camera there it is so you and john madden were sharing a uh, turducken huh oh i do yes yes of course john madden used to always do his uh, turkey award didn't he on a thursday there in the go. games there you god go god rest his soul all right paul we appreciate the time as always we'll continue to follow along in your world cup pool uh, i expect to be uh, at the top of the table very very soon and taking home that grand prize Oh, by the way, yeah, there is no grand prize. It's just bragging rights. That's it. I, I, I expect streamers. I expect uh, acknowledgments. You know, whatever it is. I, I want to be on BBC Nine uh, on the telly there. 
I think there's more chance of the Arizona Coyotes uh, winning the Stanley Cup, TC. Whoa, listen to that. This is brutal. Remind me why we continue to have him on the show. I don't know. Because he's fun. He's fun. (laughs) Yeah, capital F. Yeah, he's fun, all right. All right, my man. Hey, enjoy your turkey. I can hardly wait to see uh, your shenanigans. I mean, your cooking, uh, your prowess, your skills in the kitchen. I can hardly wait to see these photographs. They're, they're, they're as good as my prediction skills. Now, I want to wish to you, to Numchuck, to everybody at the station, to everybody who listens and the people who get in touch with me, I wish you and your families a very happy Thanksgiving. I wish you all the best from this side of the Atlantic. There you go, my friend. Appreciate you. As always, we'll talk to you next week. There he is. Paul, pitch power, striker, Stewart. You got to love it. All right, we come back. We talk a little more football. Marco D'Angelo is in the house. Getting ready for an early look at the best bets. TC Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. Forty years. The thriller album released. How about that? And it just lives forever. You gotta love it. All right. Continuing on here. Hope everyone is having themselves a wonderful Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, the long weekend here. You got to love it. The food, the football, we got basketball, we got everything happening. And of course, we have our best bets coming your way as well. So hang tight for that and join us now live in studio. The one and only Marco D'Angelo in the house. Marco, what's going on? Been busy taping shows all day. <laughs> yeah, it never ends, right, man? There it is. And you're not getting any World Cup uh, uh, videos, no World Cup. You probably you probably haven't watched one minute of, of any World Cup action, have you? You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> not in your wheelhouse, right? No, I got other guys that can do the uh, World Cup. And plus, uh, you got to start too early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You're not a 5 a.m. guy, huh? No. Going to bed, yes, but getting up, no. Okay, I understand. All right, my friend. Uh, So, obviously, we've been talking to our guests during this entire week about what is on their Thanksgiving Day table. Uh, What are you going with, man? Let's hear it. I'm traditional. It's turkey. It's sweet potatoes, Mm. stuffing. It is like turkey's one of those meals for Thanksgiving Mm. and then... New Year's Day, pork and sauerkraut. I love both of those meals, mm-hmm. but why do we have to only have them once a year? It's like, right? You know, I, I like them. I should yeah. have them more, but then it wouldn't be as special. All right. Chef Marco or, uh, or, or Chef Lori or who, or is this catered in? Or- no, this is, uh, Chef Lori and her, her <laughs> brand new kitchen. So she's got to really, brand new kitchen. So, That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's got to do it. Uh, I put up with a re- re- remodeling during football season. Uh, she better uh, hit it out of the park tomorrow. <laughs> Hope she's listening. <laughs> Third, so the sawdust has now gone away and everything, yeah. but you still have like the, the drills in your brain, don't you? I still have the drills in my brain for some of the videos and pictures you shared <laughs> with me over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I never showed you the finished product. I'll have to show you that. Yeah, well, that, that would that would mean a uh, an actual invitation uh, to the Palisades over there at the uh, DM. Angelo uh, Palace, uh, and I would full ex- uh, expect you know a a five or six course meal. 
Absolutely. You already invited yourself to a barbecue. Yeah. When, I, when I sent you the pictures from a customer from <laughs> which I know still never got the the invitation though. Yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, big big yeah. yeah order of uh, steaks sent me from his shop. So yeah. yeah, how how were those steaks anyway? They're good. They're really good. Oh man. Okay. Some ribeye, some porterhouse, New York strip, <laughs> filet, bacon wrap. Now, why am I hearing a drill when I'm, I'm starting to hear some succulent meats there? <laughs> I think you're a little bit late on that, Numchuck. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We're done with the drill part right now. All right. Well, it's time to drill some winners. That's what we got to do because it's time for the best bets. It's Football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. That's right. Our three best college plays, three best NFL plays, encompassing the weekend. Might have some Friday plays, Saturday, Sunday. Here we go. Three best college, three best NFL. Marco D'Angelo in the house here today. Trevor Maddich back with us by phone. Trevor Maddich on fire. 40 and 26 is the man's record. And he's really tearing it up on the college side. Trev, congratulations, my man. You are doing it. Well, so far, so good. But I am furious with Stanford. <laughs> I had the under on that one. And I had the, and the under was there with five seconds to go. <laughs> and Stanford down 10 lined up for a 61-yard field goal. Why? Just because. And they make it to push the total over. Uh, really, Stanford? Well, how about really Stanford? Really, Cal? I was on Stanford. It was one of my best bets. I'm cruising. They are crushing Cal this entire game. And all of a sudden, Cal goes on a 21 nothing run in the final, like, seven minutes of this game. And Stanford turned the ball over. It's ridiculous. I mean, Stanford had that game. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to win the game outright. I don't need the four and a half, the five points. What happens? Oh, yeah, they lose 27-20 by seven. So it takes you out of a winner. It takes me out of a winner. You're right. I'm mad at Stanford. And this is why my hair is going the direction that your hair already is. Ooh. Marco doesn't have to deal with stuff like this. <laughs> Wait, have you have you gotten a good look at Marco? Wait a minute now. See, I'm not. I will not be singled out here. Marco is my ball headed receding hairline brother over there. Jeez. Uh, just... Well, you know, you know what they say. You know, we're only giving so much testosterone, and you can use yours growing hair if you want. There it is, and, and this <laughs> yeah. is from a man who decided to grow a full beard, a dark beard too. I don't think it's Grecian formula, and you can see him on Sports Center delivering the picks, delivering the goods, and of course here on the show with the beard. I, I do believe since he's grown the beard now, what is that, Trevor? Like an eight-week beard? I don't know how long it takes, but I know that it helps cushion the blow if I fall on my face, so good, I like it. Good man. All right, Trevor Match, your three best college plays for the weekend. Go. All right, Texas laying eight and a half at home against Baylor. I like the Longhorns here. I like them, first of all, because they're just the better team top to bottom. And their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, has been up and down. Uh, he's due for being up. And they've got, they've got playmakers that Baylor doesn't have, but I also – really like the spot because Baylor's already qualified for a bowl game. They've got nothing to play for except for pride right now, which is a lot, but Texas has that too. But if Texas wins on Friday and then the next day, Saturday, Kansas state loses in the rivalry game to Kansas, Texas goes to the big 12 championship game. 
And so Texas has everything in the whole wide world to play for. I expect them to uh, give everything they've got and have one of their up weeks. Also, when you look at Baylor's trajectory with their rushing defense, the first half of the season, it was really, really good. But over the last three or four games, it's been really, really bad. And so they, they've sort of fallen off. And I think that Bijan Robinson and the Texas ground game will go off in the second half against Baylor. So I, I think the, the talent favors Texas, the spot favors Texas, and I'm willing to lay eight and a half with the Longhorns at home. Then I've got UCLA and Cal, your favorite team, Cal. UCLA is laying 10 at Cal. And, and I am going with the favorites. I'm going with UCLA. They lost to their big rival USC last week, 48 to 45. It was a heartbreaking loss. Cal beat their big rival, biggest rival, uh, Stanford last week. So they're all super happy. But this is also a big rivalry. And I think that UCLA is better everywhere on the field than Cal. I mean, way better for the most part. Cal's defense is horrible. UCLA's defense struggles against better offenses, but Cal's offense is generally putrid and UCLA's offense is one of the best in the country. And I just think if you you just say both defenses are unfortunate and then Cal's offense can't score, UCLA's offense can score with the best of them. I think that's enough for UCLA to cover the 10. So I'll take the the road team and lay the points. And I've got to have my under, my under Toledo at Western Michigan. The total is 53.5, and I think this one is a good play to the under because Western Michigan, uh, they have a pretty good defense, but they can't throw the ball at all. They're going to try to run the ball against Toledo and try to control the clock. I think that points towards the under. Toledo's got a pretty good defense as well. I think Toledo will have to score most of the points if they're going to go over 53.5, but then you look at the trend as well. Um, The under is hit in two of Toledo's last three games. Um, It's hit uh, seven of the last eight Western Michigan games. So I think that the trend trends towards the under as well. Plus in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where this game will be played, it's supposed to be cold and windy. So I'm going to go with the under 53 and a half Toledo, Western Michigan. He is Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst and the king of the unders. All right, Marco D'Angelo, what do you got for our college football weekend? Well, TC, I gave you this first one last Friday at the Westgate. I told you if Oregon gets their revenge over Utah, I will be all over the Beavers at home to play spoiler. That was a big revenge game from last year. They lost to Utah twice in a three-week period, and they need to win this game to go to the Pac-12 championship game. Nope. Oregon State says, no way, we're going to rain on your parade. And by the way, Oregon State, the last two seasons, 11-0 and at home against mm-hmm. the spread. It ain't broke. I ain't fixing it. You always like the beaver. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'll just leave that one go. And let's go to Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Kind of the same scenario. What's Oklahoma got to play for? They're six and five. You're bowl eligible. Woohoo! You're the Sooners at six and five. They got their rivalry win last week over Oklahoma State. They did all their scoring in the first quarter, and they took the rest of the game (laughs) off. I think they're going to take the rest of the season off. I'm going with Texas Tech at home. This is a big game for Texas Tech. Yeah, they're bowl eligible already as well. Neither team has anything to truly play for, but if you're Texas Tech and you have a chance to beat Oklahoma, you are going to do it, and they get it done on Saturday. 
And the last one, man, I dug deep. I went to the MAC conference on a Saturday. You and Trevor! The final Saturday of the regular season, and we're looking at Kent State at Buffalo. Now, Kent State's 4-7, and TC. Uh, Nothing to play for here other than maybe spoiler. And, yeah, they're going to play spoiler. Why? Because Buffalo needs to win this game to become bowl eligible. They're sitting there with five wins. They need that sixth win. And because they are bowl eligible and because we're looking at a Kent State team that's only 4-7, and why is this line less than a touchdown? They are begging you to take Buffalo. Also, if you look at what Kent State did uh, in the beginning of the season and look at their murderous schedule. September, they had three games on all on the road in the month of September. They started the season at Washington. They followed the Washington game up with a trip to Oklahoma on the road. Then they got Long Island at home, okay, 63-10, to 10, and then they had to go to Georgia. That is why this team's 4-7. and seven. They are getting too many points, in my opinion. They win this game, take Kent State. All right, there you go, the golden flashes. All right, I'm going to go with Trevor. I'm agreeing with you. It's a Friday game. UCLA 10 at Cal. UCLA still has a lot to play for. They scored at will last week, but faced a better offensive juggernaut in USC. Cal is not that, not even close to being that. Cal may not even score a touchdown this week. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they had their party last week and their wild comeback in the big game against their arch rival Stanford. That's enough for them. Justin Wilcox could be gone. Bill Musgrave, their offensive coordinator, is already gone. He got fired last week. Uh, Cal has had no business really winning that game last week, but they're happy. They're done. UCLA coming off the loss. They're going to put the pedal to the metal in this one and destroy Cal on the road. UCLA wins by double digits. I'm going to go with another K and another state, Marco, but I'm going with the K-State, not Kent State. K-State laying 11 against KU. No more rock chalk Jayhawk. This is all about the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, K-State has big things in their mind. They're currently number 12 in the country. They haven't been this high in a long time. And the shine has definitely worn off on the Jayhawks. Yes, Kansas was brought back down to earth uh, again last week where they got destroyed. Uh, they've lost actually their last five out of the last six games and getting drill-pressed. And we know who that was against. Texas last week, Texas Tech before that, Baylor, Oklahoma, TCU. K-State won by 25 in this game on the road last year in Lawrence. They're not going to have any problem winning by double digits here. K-State, they want to put it to their arch rival. And this Kansas team, I believe, is just downright tired. They will not be able to uh, punctuate anything with that K-State defense. I like the Wildcats in this one. And finally, I'm going Apple Cup, baby. Washington in Wazoo. The Washington offense is averaging 40 points per contest in its last five games. All wins, by the way. Michael Penix has been fantastic since coming over from Indiana, and he's really gotten better as the season progressed here. I wasn't sure how Washington was going to react early on in this season, and they have been fantastic. Uh, I think they take care of business at Wazoo. Offense has been outstanding. And then Washington State, they went through a stretch of games where they lost four out of the last, or not, 
uh, four out of five games going back about the last month and a half of the season. Uh, they just don't have the offense to keep up with the Huskies. This also revenge game for the Huskies. They lost last year 40 to 13 on their home field. They were in a little bit of disarray, coaching change. Hey, they're rock solid. This thing's circled. It's the Apple Cup. Washington's going to get re- uh, revenge, only laying a point and a half. Bring on the apples, baby. I don't care if it's Fuji, if it's Gala, if it's green, whatever it is. Apple Cup winner, Huskies. Trevor. NFL. DC, you are big on revenge. I love revenge. You love revenge games. Ah, I'm a vengeful guy. I've never, and I, have no, I have no idea how to drill press an opponent, but you <laughs> inspired me to learn it because that's I love that. Okay, there you go. Strong stuff. Okay, NFL. NFL. Okay, so Tampa Bay is at Cleveland laying three and a half, and I like the Buccaneers on this one. I think it's, t- it's time for Brady to start to pull things together for a playoff run. It is Tom Brady time. And coming off a bye week, they've had a chance to get healthy, or at least healthier. They only got one wide receiver right now, Russell Gage, on the injury report. The rest of them aren't even on the report. And it's been a while since he's had close to a full complement of wide receivers. So he's been able to get healthier uh, around him. His running back, Leonard Fournette, is still listed as questionable with a hip injury. But last game they played two weeks ago against Seattle in Germany, rookie third-rounder, Rashad White at running back ran for over 100 yards. He did pretty well. And if he can just keep the defense honest, then that's something that uh, will help Brady as well. And that that slow down that pass rush. And the Browns, the Browns defense has been rather putrid. They're 30th out of 32 teams in scoring defense. So you can move the ball and you can punch it in against this bunch. And I think for all the problems that Brady has had with his personal life and all the things bleeding into the social media and all the controversy and poor play and injuries and yelling at his teammates. I think this is the time coming off a bye that everything locks back in and the Browns just aren't very good and the Browns aren't playing for anything. So, so I think that Tampa covers that three and a half pretty easily. Then the Dolphins are laying 13 points at home to the uh, Houston, Texas. And Houston is just awful. They are, uh, the consensus worst team in the NFL. And the only reason they're 32nd in that metric is that there aren't more teams. I mean, if there were 40 teams in the league, they'd be number 40. And if there were 60, they'd be number 60. They're just absolutely horrible. One of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. And Tampa has, has or excuse me, Miami has experienced a bit of a renaissance in its rushing game with Raheem Mostert and now Jeff Wilson that they brought in before the trade deadline. And the running game is starting to pick up the pace, but really it's the passing game that's done so many great things. Tua Tango-Vailoa, he leads the NFL in yards per pass attempt, yards per completion, passer rating, and total quarterback rating. Tua. And he's got the, the receivers and the speed out there on the edges with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell that Tech going to be able to handle at all. On the other side of the ball... On the other side of the ball, you've got a situation with the um, the Texans' offense, where they may well bench their quarterback Davis Mills. They've only won one game this year. He's, he's thrown more interceptions than anybody else in the NFL. And you've got Kyle Allen that may come in off the bench, the Texas A&M guy that I didn't like at Texas A&M. I just think that Miami is going to absolutely smoke uh, the Texans. So. Lay the 13 points. And then you've got Washington. This is my under. Washington hosting Atlanta. And 
I'm saying take the under on this one. That total is 42. And the reason is that it's going to be a nasty day in D.C. The forecast is 83% rain, and it's going to be windy. The, the field there at FedEx Field is known to be pretty sloppy when it gets wet. And Atlanta likes to run, and they really can't throw. I mean, Atlanta is not a team that can throw. They are going to run with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. And they're going to run into one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to get very far. Washington also, though, I think is going to try to run the ball. I don't, they'll throw the ball some because Atlanta's defense is terrible against the pass. But I like the under in this one because of the conditions and because of the matchup. All right. Marco D'Angelo, three bests on the NFL side. We're going to start with Arizona plus four and a half against the Chargers. Both teams played on Monday and Sunday night. One looked good in losing, one looked horrible. I'm going to go with the value, and don't forget, Chargers have the worst rush defense in the league. I can't lay points on the road with them. Take Arizona. I'm going to the Atlanta-Washington game. Uh, You can have the under, Trevor, as long as... Atlanta stays within four because I like the Atlanta Falcons here. Washington, great story, but now the hunter becomes the hunted is they're laying points at home. I don't like it. They've got a big game on deck with the Giants next week. Atlanta will give them trouble with that ground game and Mariota making just enough plays to get it done. In my final play, I can tell you this much. Zach Wilson will not be the problem this week with the offense. He's benched. I'm going with the J-E-T-S Jets because everybody is going to play at 110% to show who really was the problem. You want Mike White, huh? I do. I'd take you behind center this week. Well, yeah, they might. Uh, the line might be increased a couple points. If I was on there. there you go. All right, Marco. All right, NFL. Uh, Give me the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to take them on the road against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's lost six of their last seven games. Baltimore, they're playing for a lot. They're playing for playoff position. And Lamar Jackson was a little under the weather last week. Uh, He's going to be more healthy this week. I like the Ravens in this spot. Defense actually has been very, very solid for Baltimore. And Jacksonville, they're at a point right now. I'm not sure what they are playing for. And here's another thing. I like Baltimore on the road. They're 4-1 with victories at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, at New England, and the Jets. So... Asking them to win by more than four at Jacksonville, I don't think it's much of a problem. I will take the Ravens. Niners and the Saints, I'm going to lay this one, too, with the Niners. Niners can write their own score, and that's really the case been the last couple of weeks. We saw it uh, last Monday night where the Niners rolled over the Arizona Cardinals in that one, and uh, they're not going to let up this week as well. I like the Niners. They were dominant against the Cardinals. No letting up here for the Niners. They're playing with confidence. And you got Andy Dalton on the other side. Andy Dalton, the quarterback, against this San Francisco defense. Forget about it. I'm going to take the Niners. They're at home. They're going to roll over the Saints. And finally, we're going to Monday night, Marco. We're going to Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, I'll take them against your steel curtain. They're not really the curtain anymore, are they? No. But I will tell you what, Ryan and Jonathan Taylor have played much better the last two weeks, and I'm really still not believing in Kenny Pickett. The Colts let one get away last week. After that victory here at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders the week before, they had Philly. They're leading the entire game. They let this one get away. They lost 17-16. This is going to be a battle of the defenses, but I think the Colts actually have the better offense. I think the Colts come up big and uh, lay the two and a half with the Colts against the Steelers in this game. 
All right. Those are our best bets. You can catch it up on the website. Not only Marco D'Angelo's, Trevor Manich's, myself, but the rest of our crew, including Scott Spritzer and Gilby the intern as well. So make sure you go check all that out at tcmartinshow.com. Trevor, enjoy yourself all weekend, my friend. Don't work too hard and eat plenty of leftovers. Will do. Thanks, guys. T- appreciate it. He is Trevor Maddich. All right, Marco. Same goes for you. All right. I expect plenty of food picks over the weekend. Appreciate you for being here uh, again uh, today, as usual, as uh, Marco usually joins us uh, each and every Friday. All right. Like we mentioned, the best bets, they're up on the website. Go check out the interviews on the website as well, too. The featured interview on the homepage, as well as the classic interview page, uh, flashback interviews, and then our current interviews as well, all up there at tcmartinshow.com. And don't forget, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get this show on your podcast as well. So if you miss any of the shows of this week, past weeks, all there for you, wherever you get your podcasts or at tcmartinshow.com. All right. I want to thank everyone for joining us as well. Great uh, for hearing from our regular guests as well with their Thanksgiving uh, weekend plans as well. Enjoy your food, your turkey, whatever your choice is. Enjoy your leftovers, and we are back here on Monday at 2 p.m. Have yourself a good one. For Marco, for Trevor, for Numchuck. enjoy your Thanksgiving Day weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday at 2.